0: Hello friends, and welcome to episode 969 of the Juice Box Podcast. Today I'll be speaking with Danielle. She's a nurse who was in her very own hospital. She was actually scared of carbs and once had to give herself glucagon in a hotel room while on a work trip. Today, she uses Control IQ after doing MDI for a number of years, and this is our conversation. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. Don't forget to support the sponsors. If you want a Dexcom, use my link. An Omnipod, my link. US Med, my link, Etc. and so on. Gvo Kypo Pen, use my link. Links in the show notes. Links at juiceboxpodcast.com. When you click on those links, you are in fact supporting the show. You'll get a free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs when you get your first order of AG1 with my link. Drinkag1.com forward slash juicebox. Hey, it's still summertime and there's a big sale going on it. They have, uh, and Cozy Earth is today's sponsor, so what lucky timing. Use the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout when you're at CozyEarth.com. When you use that offer code at checkout, you'll save 40% off of your entire order. That's off the best sellers, off the bedding, off the bath towels, the women's clothes, the men's clothes, the accessories, the new arrivals, Oprah's favorite things, even the bundles, 40% off cozyearth.com use the offer code juicebox
1: My name is Danielle and I have type 1 diabetes well LADA that's just kind of morphed into solely type 1 I guess you would say mm-hmm. and I got diagnosed at 29 while working as a nurse at the hospital
0: Okay 29 you're a nurse <laughs> LADA still LADA yes. Uh, how well how old are you?
1: Uh, so I when I was originally diagnosed, I was diagnosed with type two, misdiagnosed. Mm-hmm. Then working at the hospital, I was rounding on patients with one of my endocrinologists, let him know, and he said, You're not type two. And I was like, No, I'm pretty sure I am. Just got diagnosed with it. And he's like who in your family has type two diabetes? And I had no family history. I was not obese, I had a healthy lifestyle. And he's like, you're not type two. And so he's like, well, check check your blood sugar. I was only checking it like maybe once, twice a day at that time. Mm -hmm. And he had me check my blood sugar with one of the hospital meters and it was in the 500s, I don't remember the exact number. And I was fasting, I had only had black coffee yet that day and he was like absolutely not you are not rounding on my patients you need insulin right now so he took me in the med room and pulled out insulin and gave it to me right there in the middle of the hospital middle of my day and then he pulled me from the floor
0: <laughs> well, the, see now i thought we weren't going to get any more unique diagnosis stories but that one is <laughs> very unique um, so yeah. he, he just he just assumed taking a brief history and seeing the blood sugar he's like this is not yeah. type, type two yeah wow
1: yeah absolutely and i had worked with him for for some time and i think that he he knew enough about me to to just kind of go off of that gut instinct and he injected me with three units right there and was like sit down i'm gonna check on you in an hour
0: did your blood sugar move very because i refused oh wait hold on, hold on you refused the insult
1: no, I oh. took the insulin. He wanted me to go to the ER. I refused to be at the ER at my own hospital. And he knew I was pretty strong-willed. So he let me sit in the nurses' station.
0: <laughs> you know, I don't I've heard that statement from nurses so many times. I think I kind of understand it, but it's been spoken to me a dozen times. I won't go to the ER in my own hospital. What, what yeah. What what's the vibe behind that?
1: I think there is this, you know, mentality of a lot of nurses that like,
0: we're the caregivers,
1: we don't need the care, we, we help fix people. And I didn't want to ever be seen by my peers as sick, ill, weak, I would have rather went to a less, I would call like, you know, just (laughs) less guild hospital uh-huh. and have been treated by strangers than treated by my peers and people I knew. Right. Because I'm not a great patient. <laughs> <laughs> I know too much to be a good patient. That's
0: that's interesting. Okay. I, I appreciate you uh speaking more about that for me because I just that phrase has come up so many times. Uh okay, so how long ago was this? How old are you now, I guess?
1: So I'm thirty six now. All right, so, so seven years ago seven years. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, do you remember when he came back an hour from then, what was next?
1: Oh, uh, yeah. My blood sugar, like barely moved at all. It was, I want to say low 400s, maybe high 300s. I mean, didn't really touch it, but I mean, nothing, three units of insulin is not touching a blood sugar of 500 that has been 500 for God knows how long Yeah. my A1C at the time was 15.7. Wow. Yeah. And so I had lost. I actually went to the doctor originally for my original type two diagnosis, uh, thinking I told my my PCP that I thought I had a spinal tumor. (laughs) Uh, I was peeing all night long. I would get these horrendous leg cramps, but I would only get them at night when I laid down. And I only really acknowledged how much I needed to go to the bathroom at night. And so I thought it was some sort of tumor, <laughs> benign tumor in my spine, <laughs> resting on a nerve, making me pee and hurting my leg.
0: Well, you jumped over a lot of other op- options there when you got the yeah. one. Yeah. You sound like me, by the way. I did, I did, really (laughs) did. Like Kelly's, like, what's wrong? Like my arm hurts. I have arm cancer. It's obviously arm cancer, and um, dying, and this is it. And well, so did 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 they put you in the hospital? I mean, if the three units only moved you a little bit, then you need to be like titrated down. Or
1: he did not. He because I was pretty adamant, and I was like, I'll walk out. I'll go AMA. I said, give me orders. I will go home, and I will get my blood sugar down and he thankfully trusted me to do so and i did he was like i want i want text updates every hour then of your blood
0: sugar are you married
1: i am married yeah,
0: yeah. does is, is, is he does he does he look tired are you are you this, are you this <laughs>
1: Oh yeah. I'm sure he's, he's mentally and physically exhausted with People me every say, day. <laughs> What's wrong?
0: Yeah. I don't know if this Danielle, everything's a fight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> it really is. He, uh, well, and I didn't tell anybody my diagnosis for a long time. Okay. Like I originally, my husband was the only one that knew. I didn't tell anyone in my family. I didn't tell, I wanted to have it under control before I answered any questions Okay. So my mom, who's also in the medical industry, I just, I knew that she would lose her mind if she found out that I had a diabetes, she, or B, especially like an insulin dependent diabetes, she would just freak out and not know anything, but need to know everything. And so I wanted to just have a rhythm developed and have something to where I could say, Hey, I got diagnosed with this, but I have it under control. Here's what I did.
0: How long did that go on for?
1: It, t- it took probably about four months before I let anyone in my family know or friends or anybody at work. I just didn't want to answer questions to something I didn't have the answers to.
0: Danielle, do you think I should put the ads here so that parents who just heard that an adult child didn't tell their family for four months that they had diabetes so they can absorb that and cry and all the things like can you imagine like a the mom of a 12 year old right now going wait a minute they're gonna leave the house and then something like this is gonna happen to them and they're not gonna tell me like like that's <laughs> their pe- people are yeah. freaking out all i'm freaking out a little bit i'm like oh my god like i always <laughs> like you know what i mean do you have kids i'm sorry
1: oh yeah i do yeah, i yeah. have an eight-year-old son okay so
0: you know how any Reasonably intelligent parent is looking at their child and thinking, "Well, they're doing like ten things that I they shouldn't be doing that I don't know about, <laughs> and, and, and yeah. I can't possibly know what all of them are, but one of them shouldn't be withholding a major illness." <laughs> like, <laughs> oh yeah, they, I know. <laughs> they,
1: <laughs> they were not happy. <laughs> no, no, no.
0: I, I, I'm dying to hear the story of when you told your mom four months later that you had diabetes. But yeah, but so. I understand the idea, though. You thought, like, let me get it in hand, right? And then I can tell people and comfort them at the same time with, don't worry, I've got it all figured out already.
1: Yeah, Yeah. Yes, Any part of you
0: just not want to tell people you have diabetes, like at work or anything like that?
1: You know, uh, well, a handful of girls knew at work because they were in the nurse's station with me when I got pulled from the floor and Mm -hmm. sat at the station and they were kind of my close knit work group. We kind of planned our schedules together and things like that. So mm-hmm. that was okay because they were also a resource, not that floor nurses are very educated in diabetes to begin with, Yeah, you know, a lot about the disease process and you know how to give. Insulin according to just standard sliding scale orders, but you don't know the the effects or the signs of low blood sugar. You, you, all you know is what the meter tells you mm-hmm. when you check. Okay. And yeah. that's it.
0: Well, you know, I, I, I'll stop you for one second then we'll get right back to it. It just made me uh, think of this morning as I was getting ready to talk to you, I was doing my social media and I know you're like, oh, Scott, you should have a social media person. I know I should, uh, but I'm like, I'm trying to go through it. And a message on Instagram from a doctor she, you know, the person puts up a post to tell everybody, I don't know, how diabetes is going. And, you know, she's thanking some people at the end, she says, and the juice box podcast for giving me all of the information I did not get in medical school. And yeah. it's just I, I mean, I know it's true and I understand why. Like, I understand, like, you know, going to nursing school would take 20 years if they were going to dig into everything that you were going to see. But it's still shocking to hear that, you know a handful of nurses in a in a in a hospital only really know this is the number give this much insulin. Or yeah. that a, or that a doctor's child would get diagnosed and and a podcast would end up being more valuable than a medical school degree. Like that stuff is it seems crazy, you know.
1: It's just the power of shared information. I mean, it, every it, I, I I truly believe that every diagnosis and every diabetic is so unique in I mean, we have a lot of common similarities, mm-hmm. but yet the whole diagnosis and the whole treatment and how you approach things, it's just, it, it's unique to every individual. And yeah. it's really hard to get that sort of unique approach in any sort of hospital or, or care setting, even an office setting.
0: Yeah, you would have no way of knowing this, but my my podcast is is slotted as a medicine podcast also on this is ridiculous. Nobody cares about this, but, uh, Apple podcasts, (laughs) there's Apple podcasts, health, which is a kind of the parent category. Then there's a subcategory that's medicine. I'm in medicine, right? So I'm in health and then I'm in medicine and my, my podcast charts pretty consistently in the top 20 all year long in the medicine category, but it's surrounded by nursing podcasts, which are incredibly popular where nurses get on and talk to other nurses about things they're going to see, uh, how they handle stuff. It just made me think of what you just said. Like it works for diabetes, but it also, I mean, there's five really popular nursing podcasts. So it must, it must work great in that scenario as well. Anyway.
1: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So
0: anyway, I'm sorry. So you're, uh, so here you are, you're at home. Do you actually figure it out? Cause you have a lot of, right? So it's
1: I do. So the very next day, so I essentially manage kind of every few hours checking and I don't really come below 300. And I feel somewhat, I I feel the low blood sugar effects in the 300s as well. So I knew just, I mean, as long as I felt okay, I stayed really hydrated. And I, and I fasted, I I wasn't eating because I had an appointment the next day with my endocrinologist and that's where he gave me levmir and so I started on levamere. i think i started at like 30 or 40 units a day it oh. was a pretty pretty significant amount yeah. and just a, a the blanket kind of sliding scale if your blood sugar is this take this much insulin none of it was a you know carb ratio we didn't talk about carb ratios or you know, correction factor, all it was, was mealtime sliding scale insulin.
0: Hmm. And and that's just seven yeah. years ago. Yeah. That's seven years ago. That's interesting. Uh, and and yeah, was that, it was. was that because, I mean, cause that's a, I don't like using terms like a lot, but that was more basal right. than I expected you to say. Like I'm looking at a, yeah. pi- I'm looking at a picture of you. And if this is a reasonable representation of you, you're not a, <laughs> you're a slight person, right?
1: Yeah. 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 And I think part of it was, again, like some of his orders are based off of A1Cs and, and those sorts of things. So the higher somebody's A1C was, the more lavomir or basal insulin that he would initially administer. Okay. And so I, he wanted me to take some time off of work and just like focus on it and he's like if you're feeling really low then you know eat and reduce your basil if you are not coming down then you know give yourself your your sliding scale and so i did that for a few days and and it worked well i would say i got myself into an average of 200s still feeling really low all of the time but i was Happy that it wasn't I I felt out of the danger zone essentially. Yeah. I did, felt out of just walking DKA. <laughs>
0: how long did you think you had type 2?
1: Well, so it, it had been about three or four months between my diagnosis of type two to LADA. But then prior to type my type two diagnosis, I would say it was probably three, another three to four months that I had a spinal tumor
0: in my mind. Right. So, so over six months, your blood sugar is elevated yeah. and you're treating it by drinking coffee and nothing else. Is that kind of what you were doing back then?
1: Oh yeah. I would drink a ton of coffee, water, and then, but prior to, well, when I first got diagnosed with type two, also, I, I was given metformin. Okay. So you were metformin. Which told I, that that would help.
0: Yeah. Which obviously wasn't <laughs> it doing <didn't>. anything. Yeah. <laughs> it, it didn't. So metformin doesn't work for type one diabetes. Amazing. Uh, yeah. Uh, by itself. By the way, some people do take right. metformin.
1: I do still take it. I do still take it.
0: Does it help with um resistance?
1: It does because I follow, well, and we can get into how I got to a uh, keto diet. I feel like I started a keto diet before I knew what keto was or Mm -hmm. it being a thing, I just quit eating carbs. But I it it definitely helps because I have a higher fat intake. And so I think it helps curb some of that insulin resistance from that increased fat uh, diet.
0: Gotcha. Okay, so I I mean, I have the luxury of having your what I'm going to call the most complete note anyone's ever sent me about being on the podcast. (laughs) Um but but I wanna I wanna start picking through everything. So this was not a comfortable time for you. The the sliding scale is happening. Are you scared most of the time? Or like um, what's the vibe At back
1: this then? point at this point I wasn't very scared because I didn't know I mean I knew very brittle diabetics, either from highs or lows or extreme insulin sensitivity from just working in the hospital or working in a long-term care setting. But I never really viewed myself as sensitive to insulin because I was injecting a lot of it and it wasn't doing much at mm-hmm. the time. A lot of that was probably diet as well. And again, just kind of the, the blanket orders and the mismanagement when initially diagnosed. Yeah. But no, I, I was just really determined to like, have two hundreds be my highs, or even low three hundreds be my highs post meal, and my goal was to get my my lows back to the one hundreds, somewhere in the one hundreds. I just wanted to see one the one hundreds, knowing <laughs> that like I can't. I knew that I can't rush this down. Like I wasn't going to feel good internally if I went from having an average blood sugar of five hundreds. 400 600s for months just back down to 80 to 120. Yeah, because it you, wasn't going to feel well.
0: Yeah, you were feeling low in the 200s at that point.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, what, yeah.
0: Can you talk a little bit about like I I feel like working in a hospital. Like I've talked to nurses, not just on the podcast, and they'll say that, you know, everyone I meet with diabetes generally speaking is not great at taking care of their diabetes they're high all the time or they're high and then low. And then that, then yeah. they use the word brittle because I don't know, because it means unstable. Yeah. And, and, and then you get this feeling that that's what diabetes is. Like it, almost like I have a friend who's a police officer and everyone that he encounters during his day. Let's head over together to cozyearth.com and pick around the site. Let's see what's on the best sellers list. Oh, there's the viscose bamboo sheets that I have. And no surprise, women's bamboo joggers. That's also made with the viscose bamboo. I uh, quite enjoy my joggers. I use the men's, but I bet you the women's are just as uh, comfy and silky and lovely. Oh, I'm starting to think about them. Actually, instead of going through the rest of this site and telling you about the towels and the accessories, the bed sheets, the clothing, I'm just gonna tell you what happened to me the other day. I put on a pair of sweatpants that weren't from cozy earth and it ruined my day. That's it. It ruined my whole God. I don't want to curse. Cause it's an ad, but it ruined my whole day. They just weren't the same. I honestly, I don't want to sound like I'm pampered, uh, but I only have one pair of bamboo jogger pants from cozy earth. Um, but I, I need more because it's a different experience. Those other ones, I wore them for, I don't know, two years and every day i thought these are fine right up until i put on my cozy earth joggers and now i know that the ones i got at that other store uh they're not fine they suck and uh i guess until you have something to compare them to how would you know cozyearth.com use the offer code Juicebox at checkout to save 40 percent. and this stuff that i'm talking about right now is actually on sale right now i don't know when you're going to hear this but a lot of these things on the best sellers list are 20% off at the moment. So head on over, see if they're still 20% off. Maybe you can put my 40 on top of their 20. Hello. I don't know if that works or not, but you should go try. Uh, and if not, 40% is still a fair, fair price off of these beautiful things. Man, am I gonna try this crew shirt, this pullover? I might do that. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta be better to myself. More cozy earth stuff for me. More joggers, more shirts. Actually, I've lost a little weight. Maybe I'll get a a t-shirt or two from here. Hmm. Would I, would I, could I, I'll tell you what, uh, I was scrolling down and I thought this ads over, but then I wanted to tell you about the new bath towels that cozy earth sent me. Um, my goodness, it's a different experience. I don't, I just, I don't know another way to put it. You go to like, you know, some big box store and grab some towels. If you want, I'm sure they will be cheaper and every day you rub them on yourself. You won't know what I know. I didn't know until I bought this, And I didn't know that about the joggers until I tried either. CozyEarth.com. Use the offer code JUICEBOX to save 40%, not off of one item, all of your items. Like if you put in like a million dollars worth of items into your cart, you will save 40% off of that. I think 40% off of a million is 400000 Oh my God. What a deal. I think you can remember CozyEarth.com. But if you can't, there are links in the show notes of the audio app you're listening in right now. And also at JuiceBoxPodcast.com. There's also links to all of the other sponsors. Putting the show with Cozy, with, with Cozy Earth specifically, it's when you use my offer code at checkout. Everyone that he encounters during his day is trying to get over on him or break the law. And it's a right. con- he has to make a conscious decision in his real life not to think that of people because he's around it so much. So I wonder about being around people in the hospital all the time who are struggling with diabetes does it make you feel like, well, that's what diabetes is?
1: I think initially, yes. I think that that was definitely a perceived thought prior to me having it, right? Okay. Once I got diagnosed, it was like, oh my, this is not easy. <laughs> like, why does this feel so bad? And I thought, you know, to my like, I'm smart. I'm a nurse. This, this isn't a big deal. And I was actually, you know, as sad as this is, I was actually like somewhat relieved that it was type one and not type two. I had this like notion in my head of like, if it's type two, I did something wrong. Like I ate terribly. Like I didn't take care of myself. No one else has it. That means I I didn't do something right for me. And then I thought to myself, if it's type one, then... It, it, it wasn't my fault. It's out of my control. And I actually like found comfort in having a type one diagnosis as odd as that sounds. <laughs> I,
0: I don't think it sounds odd. I actually think that it's common because you know I just, yeah. I just got done recording with a type two the other day and I try my hardest to put type two episodes into the show, but it's difficult to get them to step forward and want to do it. And overall, the vibe is I don't want people to think I did this, and right. uh, yeah, it's just it's a. I think it's just a very human way of thinking about it. Like you just don't want people to look at you and think, "Oh, look what you did to yourself." And yeah, I I, I understand what you're saying. I I understand it. So, okay, what happens? Like, do you go back to work at some point, or how do you get through? Like, did you? take I do. Take yeah. The time off? Yeah. Okay. It,
1: I I had just I just had a couple days off. I took PTO and. No big deal was feeling better. I would say by like the end of my first week, I was in the one and two hundreds and I was pretty bold. I mean, I, I was not checking my blood sugar as often as I do now, because I still kind of just had this mindset of pre-meal checking it because that's, that's what I knew. I wasn't doing a ton of like post-meal checks. So as long as I was back down to, to a somewhat decent number, I would say near the one fifties pre meal, I felt completely comfortable still giving myself as much insulin as I needed, according to my sliding scale. And so I felt like I had it, you know, relatively under control. Mm -hmm. I got to a place where I wasn't seeing a lot of two hundreds at all. It was very, very rare in my morning kind of wake up range was typically 90s. And so it felt like my levomir was was working well as as well. And I actually slowly had to once my blood sugar and a1c started to come down, I actually started decreasing my levomir. And I, I have always kind of managed my own insulin outside of my sliding scale when it comes to my basal I kind of always dictated after my initial orders from my doctor. I kind of dictated it after that. If my blood sugar was higher at bedtime, I would give myself a little bit more basal. If it was lower, I would I would decrease the the amount of units. and And was really flexible right from the beginning because I felt like he he's not seeing this every day. He's not seeing me every day. I will know when it's working and when it's not.
0: That's a and, that's a real benefit of your job because yeah. because so many people spend years not making what they consider like obvious like they see it right in front of them they're like I use this much and then this happens I bet you a little more or a little less would do this and then they don't have the nerve to make the leap because they don't want to override the doctor but you were just like I I I'll, I'll change that no problem that that's Yeah
1: a, I think that there's probably a little love hate in that when it comes to to my physician's opinion but
0: <laughs> well but I was, he, was pretty. Not independent, independent with from the beginning. Yeah, they're not. Li- <laughs> they're not. They're not living with you. They don't. They don't see exactly. It that way, you know. So,
1: I mean, he knew what he was getting into when I walked out of the hospital that day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I would love to talk to him. I wish you. I, I, he'd be, yeah, <laughs> that'd be an interesting, just a ten-minute conversation, because all of that was so different, honestly, but mm-hmm. but interesting. Okay, well, so in your note, you talk about some fear of insulin but you didn't start with yes it. you didn't start with the fear but no you are you there now or are you like seven years later do you have a problem with it now or was it a thing that you went through
1: it, yeah so it's definitely a thing I went through so probably a year after diagnosis I switched jobs and became um, started working for a dermatology company and was traveling with that dermatology company and so It was my very first travel assignment, actually, and I got on site, got to my hotel room, had picked up my dinner, and my blood sugar was high, and I think it was just kind of from the stress and and increased anxiety of traveling all day and things like that. And so I was in the 300s, looked at my sliding scale, gave myself my insulin, and sat down to eat. And there wasn't much of a, you know, doctors don't often talk about pre-bolus or how soon before you eat or or how soon you should get insulin before you eat. And so I just give myself my insulin, sit down and start eating. And I'm watching TV, not as hungry as I anticipated. So I don't finish it, but I don't think anything of it. And then blindly, kind of unknowingly, and I don't feel it at, this point but i get an alert on my phone from my dexcom that says i'm dropping and i've got two arrows pointing down and i was like huh that's strange i was like my food will catch up all i had was a salad like a greek salad it wasn't anything substantial to to catch it by any means and then it gets to the point to where it's dropping and it's not stopping and i look again and it's 34 with two arrows pointing down. And I was like, this can't be good. Wait, you, well, went, you went from, uh, mind the three- you, excuse me.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You went from, I went from 300 the 300s to, to yes, 34. 300s to
1: my, it just said low on my oh, yeah. meter, but my last one had two arrows pointing down. My meter said 34. My meter doesn't have arrows. Gotcha. So I checked my blood sugar. Mind you, I didn't check my blood sugar before I sat down to eat. I just went off of my Dexcom also. But I, check my blood sugar it's 34 and I like instantly get to this like sometimes you don't I feel like you don't know your blood sugar's low until your blood sugar tells you you're low like you it takes your body a minute to catch up sometimes okay. and so I instantly feel the the effects of a 34 that's dropping and I know I am in my hotel room I'm alone no one knows what room I'm in I haven't even talked to my husband since I, I mean, I literally had just checked in, sat down and ate and I have no choice at this point. Like I know that glucose tabs are not going to do enough. Mm -hmm. So I get my glucagon out, somehow manage with like this violent shaking of hands, either from a mixture of anxiety and just the low itself, shaking, draw up the glucagon and inject it in my arm. And then I wait and hope that I don't pass out in a hotel room by myself.
0: Were you capable of thinking I should call 911 or did that not pop into your head?
1: You know, so I didn't and I actually called, so one of the other girls that I met at this new company I had started had diabetes and she's had type one diabetes since she was a child and she was kind of my like, resource and my lifeline. So my first thing I thought to do was to call her. And so I called her and she said, okay, what hotel are you at? What room are you in? And so she knew to get that information right away. I did not. So I got that information to her and she just stayed on the phone with me. And she's like, my very first words to her when we got on the phone was at what point should you not give yourself your glucagon or at what point should you give yourself your glucagon and she's like oh well you don't ever give it to yourself it's it's only you know in case you pass out or or..." and I was like well I just gave it and she's like wait what why and I was like well and I told her the story and she's like yeah yeah that's that's a good choice
0: yeah uh, there's I mean there's a lot of opportunities for you to give it to yourself I think the way you described it was perfect actually Yeah. So how low did you get? Did you lose consciousness?
1: I did not. I did not. um, I don't know. So she, I knew that I did not want to check it again for 20 to 30 minutes unless I started feeling worse than what I was feeling. I knew that it was going to take some time. And I knew that just me personally, that sometimes the panic is worse than the number or worse than waiting so I knew that if I checked it 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 very well could have gone lower than 34 Mm -hmm. but I knew if I checked it I was going to continue to overreact or get myself so worked up into an anxiety attack that I'm gonna my heart rate's gonna go through the roof and that it's just going to be worse for me so I just stayed on the phone with her and waited and waited and it was probably the longest 20 to 30 minutes of my life
0: did you ever talk to her about it afterwards
1: not really no No, I mean we we I am also her lifeline I mean we will go six eight months without talking and I know if my phone rings and it's her she's she lives alone with her young son and I know that that now is when she needs me and I'll answer and she's like hey I'm in the 40s this is what I'm doing you know, I just want to, like, I don't want to put this on my 10 year old son to have to call 911. Here's, you know, and I have her address. And so we're just kind of each other's lifelines. And when I first was diagnosed, she was definitely like my little bucket of knowledge. I would just pick her brain over tons and tons of things. But then very quickly, I learned what's working for her and what she sees as successful management is not what I want and it's not what works for me. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah.
0: I was just wondering if kind of. like you were coherent or like it what you know, if your if your recollection of those 20 minutes is the same as what was really happening. That as was hers. Yeah, that's what I was yeah. in. Yeah. But okay.
1: Yeah, I don't know. After after I checked, you know, in that 20 30 minute window I was in the fifties. I remember that. And I said, okay, I am I'm, I'm going to be okay. And I felt good enough. Cause you know, when you're that low, like it's hard to eat or it's hard to like, you know, and I didn't have, I had glucose tablets, but I didn't have any gel. I didn't have, and I had like chips. And so I knew I'm going to go and get a, like a full sugar soda. So I went and got a soda out of the vending machine and I called my endocrinologist. He called me back and he was like, "Well, what's your blood sugar now?" By the time I talked to him, it was like an hour later, maybe an hour and a half later, and I was only one like 160s. I don't think I ever I never hit above 165 that entire night.
0: Wow. And that was that the old school um red box you did, did you have to mix it yourself? Yep. Oh, jeez.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think yeah, that I was did. a
0: bit of an adventure. <laughs> Talking it was. It that. was. Yeah. I
1: stabbed myself in the finger like multiple times just from the shakes alone.
0: Danielle, I uh, gotta give you props. You stuck that that big needle in your butt. Is that what you did?
1: It, nope. No, yeah. I stuck it right in my like shoulder, like my arm. Really? Like, wow. Yeah. Jeez. And I was like, "Here we go." <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> yeah,
0: mm-hmm. Jesus hard to go to sleep after that were you nervous
1: yes so thankfully my endocrine you know i worked a long time with my endocrinologist when we worked at the hospital he stayed my i've also since made him my pcp i told him like hey if i get the flu you can get me some medication like i have diabetes that's that's what i need to see so he's all my doctors now Mm -hmm. but yeah he knows me very well and and thankfully called me like every two hours throughout the night. And he wanted to check on my blood sugar because he actually had me not take my levomere that night. He wanted me to take it in the morning. He's like, I, he's like, you're alone for the first time traveling. Like this just happened. You need to like play it safe. And that's when I realized that I'm probably a lot more sensitive to insulin than I ever realized, but my food intake was comparable enough. And my correction factor is not what it appeared to be, because essentially every time I was giving myself insulin, I thought it was more so for correction, but really it was correction and food. And so when you add a meal in that has little to no carbs and take that big of a correction, uh, it just plummeted me.
0: Yeah, you, I ironically, I mean, we've been talking now for a while and you just the story mimics that of somebody who really was having their outcomes by mistake. Like, do you know what I mean? Like you, I don't want to say you didn't know what you were doing, but it sounds like you didn't know what you were doing. It sounds like, like, yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, um, it, it sounds like you were using insulin kind of haphazardly, but you didn't realize it. And then.
1: No, exactly. Right.
0: So we put on this one day where your blood sugar shoots up probably from travel anxiety and adrenaline and stuff like that. And then you come in with this big bolus on top of having a salad, which is not going to offer much resistance to begin with. And, um, that's the first time you look and you say, well, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, like that's, that's, you know what I mean? That's it's, it happens to everybody. I think the podcast exists because that's true. After talking to enough people, I believe that a lot of people who use insulin are, (sighs) I don't want to use that lucky like that it's going yeah. as well as it is that they're, they're just yeah ma- I agree yeah it's like they're not making a lot of informed decisions they don't know how insulin works generally speaking doctors are kind of keeping them in a I don't know they just you know they're like here do this do that yeah you're higher than you want to be but at least you're not injecting yourself with glucagon in a in a hotel room and then that just becomes the norm. And if you're lucky, you get through. And, but for most people, they end up with stories like yours once or twice a year, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, what did you do after that? Cause I don't imagine you just sat around and you were like, I guess this is my life.
1: <laughs> yeah. No. So, the very next day, I took a mentality of I'm allergic to carbs. And even though that meal didn't contain carbs, I don't know what the switch was, but I mentally made this correlation of people who are allergic to peanuts don't run around eating peanut butter and jellies and injecting themselves with epinephrine just so they can have some peanut butter and jelly. I'm not going to eat carbs and I won't need this sliding scale insulin that, that tried to kill me. If I can just have a regular stable blood sugar, I'm not going to need that sliding scale. Mm -hmm. And that was my thinking my endocrinologist ha- shared a few few words with me that it was wrong <laughs> that was not the correct thinking that i'm not allergic to carbs but he, he didn't I, change my mind Yeah, i
0: understand <laughs> your carl i understand the the line you drew i mean i i also i have this one 24-hour experience that was valuable to me in the podcast uh which is i was at the dentist one day and I was peeing a lot, like I I had to like, I and mean, he was doing work on me. And in the middle of a procedure, I'm like, I gotta go to the bathroom. And so I got up and went. And at the very end of the procedure, I went again. And then the nurse grabbed the dentist and said, you know, he peed before he came in here before we started. And so the guy pulls me aside and goes, Hey, I think you have type two diabetes. And I was like, well, I definitely know that I don't. But, you know, what do you, you know, why are you saying? It turns out I was really iron deficient, like my body was falling apart, basically. But not yeah. the, not the point. The point is I went home and I had to call a doctor and make an appointment. So I called the doctor, I told them, you know, what had happened. I'm lucky to live in a place where I, you know, I wasn't gonna have to wait forever to get an appointment. And I had an appointment 48 hours later to get a, a physical. But for 48 hours, I couldn't bring myself to eat. Like I was just frozen. It really was. I I, I couldn't eat. I just didn't eat for days. And I feel like that's what happened to you in the beginning. And then it's where your brain went here. Like, well, I won't need insulin if I don't have carbs. So I'm going to not eat carbs. I think that – I don't think there's anything – I want to be very clear about this. I don't care how people eat, I guess, Danielle, is what I should say. I really genuinely don't. Mm -hmm. I just want people to know how to use their insulin for whatever they're taking in. I have no opinion about people being low-carb or – not low carb. I think whatever works for you is terrific. But I do think that a lot of people get to low carb because of that fear and lack of knowledge. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying you should be eating a thousand carbs a day or anything like that, but you know, yesterday Arden's home from college and she's, you know, in the afternoon, she says, uh, I'd love a cheeseburger. I was like, okay. So she's like, I haven't had one in like three months and uh we took her out for a cheeseburger she got some fries she had a milkshake and you know arden's a1c is still very respectable uh so how many carbs is that i don't i mean hundreds probably y- you know what i mean like it's a lot yeah and i know how to bowl us for that and i'm not saying you should eat a cheeseburger and french fries i'm saying that people should know how to use their insulin but moreover that i think your pathway I mean, it, it mimicked what happened to me, right? Like I was immediately like, oh my God, well, what I should do is not eat carbs ever again if I have diabetes. Be- and, not, yeah. and and I wasn't using insulin at the time. It just was like, well, I shouldn't do that. I, I completely understand it. How long have you been doing it like that? I mean, because you switched to basically keto, right?
1: Yep. Yep. So I have, I'm still keto mm-hmm. to this day. And now I like, don't, there is no. I think initially it was really nice because I had lost, I mean, I didn't even realize that doing something low carb would cause you to lose weight. And I had already lost some weight from just undiagnosed and untreated diabetes. But then once I got my insulin and started insulin and I started, you know, using the nutrients that I was putting in my body, I gained weight back. But yeah, once I started low carb, I probably lost about 20 pounds. And I was like, thrilled i was like oh my gosh i who why did nobody tell me this <laughs> i think people have, have probably there's probably lots of things out there that say it but i enjoy pizza so i didn't stop eating carbs until then but yeah i i still am am low carb i don't know i would say i like don't have a desire to eat otherwise
0: mm-hmm.
1: i just find oh but i don't i don't i'm not like a I'm not making like crazy almond flour things, or I literally just eat meat and vegetables for the most part. (laughs) And that's it. (laughs) And you just
0: found a nice way to say, I'm not those people you see online. (laughs) Yeah, I'm
1: not. I'm not. I don't have a cookbook. I'm not making fat bombs or any, that's, that's too difficult. (laughs) I need easy things. And I like vegetables a lot you and didn't start I start your like own not you start
0: your own Facebook page where you're putting pictures up of your low carb meals. You didn't do any of that. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, no, no, but, no,
1: it's literally just bacon in the microwave most of the
0: time. <laughs> microwave bacon.
1: Yeah. It's in the baconator. It's in a great great invention. <laughs> Hold
0: on a second. I'm coughing now. <laughs> I blame the covid. Um
1: Yeah.
0: Were you trying to name the the episode? microwave bacon because well, you did it
1: microwave bacon yeah, yeah. I, I mean that's it <laughs> so yeah i live. i still live on microwave bacon <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: totally gonna be the name of this episode i just want to be unless you say something absolutely <laughs> insane in the next couple of minutes um you're, you're right there and and so when that happens you have to dial back your your basil i imagine yes. and all of your
1: yes insulin. dramatically so i i Got to a place to where I, you know, initially was in like the 30, 40s. I was taking um every day, 30 to 40 units. And I got to the place where I was taking, I would say, 14 to 20 units. Wow.
0: Well, that's about, that's, a that day. sounds reasonable. So, I mean, that, that's excellent. Do you pump or MDI or what do you do?
1: So I did. I started a pump in March of this year.
0: Oh, okay. Recently. Um, yeah. are you using yes. an algorithm control IQ or yep.
1: I have control IQ, which has been amazing because I would say, it, you know, doing low carb and doing all of those things worked for an incredibly long amount of time. And until it didn't mm-hmm. then in like October of last year, it just stopped working. Like I needed, I now needed fast acting insulin for protein. I now needed fast acting insulin to just look at vegetables like it was something I was completely not used to, but yet still knew that I had a decent fear of fast acting insulin because I, I mean, I hadn't taken a unit of insulin and probably of fast acting insulin in years. I mean, my blood sugar just didn't go high until it did.
0: It's the of combined with the, the keto yeah. kind of eating. And that you didn't need a ton of help. Your body was helping. And now suddenly that part's over, I guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I had like my C-peptide rechecked and he was like, yeah, you, your pancreas, it's just kind of absent at this point. (laughs) You could go without. And
0: maybe you killed it with the microwaves, Danielle. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. Maybe you had a crappy microwave and you've been standing in front of it for six years.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It zapped my pancreas. It's
0: amazing, isn't it? That, that Lada can take six years to, to do that and longer. It's amazing, you know,
1: it, it really is.
0: So when you started using more insulin, did that trigger bad feelings?
1: It did. It did. And he knew, so he said, well, let's switch to, from just your standard shots to the impen. he's like, that way you can give yourself half unit increments And you can start small because I told him, you know, otherwise give me a vial of insulin instead of these pens and I'll draw it up myself or dilute it, draw, do whatever I need to do to take less insulin. Mm -hmm. I did not want to start with, but it's strange though. I didn't want to start with whole units of insulin with my blood sugar in the hundreds. But when my blood sugar back up in October was running in the two fifties, I would get, I called him in the evening and I'm like, I don't know what to do. He's like, take two units of insulin. I'm like, I can't take two units of insulin. I I could die. And he's like, just take two units of insulin.
0: you like five years ago in a hotel room. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. exactly.
1: And so I would take it and I mean, it would move my blood sugar 20 points, Mm -hmm. but it it seems for me that anything over two hundreds, I am just sticky. Like it takes a lot of insulin. Oh, what I would consider a lot of insulin to move my blood sugar in the 200s. However, in the 150s, I am super sensitive to insulin. There.
0: Yeah. Well, that's not uncommon. Or I mean, I think most people go through that too. Like it's, yeah, you know, it, basic idea, you, you're taking a, an amount of basal insulin that keeps you nice and stable i don't know what you're shooting for where where, uh, away from like food like in the middle of the night where you sit stable
1: right now or back then
0: oh back then because we're talking about then.
1: back then i would say i was i would go well so i would go to bed at 190 to 220 and adjust my insulin my basal according to that number and then i would wake up God, I mean, it would drop me. I mean, I was still at that point taking too much basal insulin for, for my body. It would drop me to eighties, seventies, sixties. I woke up in the fifties and forties before. And so I, before getting the impen and then before the pump, I was like, well, maybe I need to split my levomir doses. Maybe I need to split this basal And my doctor, that's, and I was not, I did not want a pump for a long time. And he was like, I think that you would be a lot more successful with a pump. Like you're a control freak. This is going to give you that control you're looking for. You can't get this type of control in, in fine tuning your, your basal needs just with, with your injections. He's like, you want that.
0: I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I apologize. Oh, go ahead. Uh, He wasn't helping you by giving you old basil like Levemere either, because you were probably shooting it in the evenings. And then uh, 24 hours later, I mean, I don't think Levemere doesn't really last 24 hours. So for the last six hours of that 24 hours, you're going up. If you have a meal with more carbs in it, now suddenly you're 190. And then you're kind of autonomously deciding to shoot more Levemere because of the higher number. And then maybe yeah. the next day you have a little exercise or you don't eat as heavy in the evening. And then you, you know, you get ready for bed at 120 and choose a different amount of basil. You were doing that, right? Is that, yes. That's what was yes, happening. Yes, right? I was. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you had a like a new, I mean, like Tracebo as an example, like if you had a modern uh, basil, you might not have run into those problems at all. And. <laughs> Not well, not for nothing. To I be underst- fair, he yeah.
1: tried he tried to give me Truvia. <laughs> Danielle,
0: what? what why, why are you I, so difficult?
1: <laughs> I was just too much of a control freak, and I was like, I know I'm not going to try new things. No, so, thank you. Again, I know I I know what to expect with with this insulin. Oh yeah, I mean, at one point, my insulin tried to switch me just from Novolog to Humalog, and I like threw a whole stink about it, and I was like, I don't care what it costs. Without insurance, I'm not changing my insulin. I know what this does to my body.
0: You know, it probably wouldn't have mattered, right?
1: No, yeah, yeah, no, (laughs) it wouldn't But I stuck to it.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, listen, no one can say that you won't, like, stand stand firm, that's for sure. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you're using InPen. By the way, I should say, InPenToday.com. Uh, unless they're not advertisers in 2023 when yours will come on and then in that case please don't go to that link but if they're still advertising (laughs) but if they're still advertising go get yourself an impen
1: exactly great
0: great device like right like it's it's giving you a ton of functionality that you know it's kind of a mid middle ground like you get some functionality from a pump on this app and that and you stayed with that for a long time it sounds like
1: so yep, I started the inpen in November of last year and I I actually only used it until March of this year. And the inpen between November and December, the amount of insight and like insulin on board that it would show me and those half units gave me like so much excitement and kind of drove the hope for a pump. And so I had already met my deductible at the end of last year. so I told my doctor I said order me a pump, like I, i'm just going to get it and i'll start it when i'm ready to start it but i want insurance to cover it so let's mm-hmm. let's okay. go ahead and so it got delivered on december 28th of Most, last year so
0: pen was kind of your um gateway drug to a pump
1: yes yeah, it was yeah. it was the
0: gateway you were like hey this is this is valuable give me more of this did you just not want to wear a pump by the way it feels like you don't want to. it
1: no It wasn't, I didn't trust the technology of a a device or a third party decision maker that wasn't me, but I had also come to terms quietly and I would not have shared these with anybody, but come to terms with, I, I'm not doing it right. I'm not doing something right. I'm still uncontrolled in the grand scheme of what I would consider control and maybe the pump can help. However, I would never tell my doctor that just because I, I don't know why, because well, I like to be right and independent.
0: <laughs> Listen, we don't have time to go into why you're like that, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I, you're like, a, basically, you're like a drunk driver. With somebody sitting next to him going, Danielle, you should let me drive. I haven't been drinking. And you're swerving around, hitting the <laughs> guardrails and, you know, bouncing over the, the media. And you're like, I'm fine. And uh, yeah. because at least I have my hands on the wheel. That's how you felt. Like, I want to be in control of this, even though you didn't really have any control at all.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: That's a therapist you need, not a, not a podcast. Yeah. Although we could have started the hour that way and probably gotten through it. I'm sorry that we, <laughs> we did it this way. But so... Okay, so Medtronic, uh, the Impen showed you kind of what was available. You move on to a pump, and and I'm assuming too. I've been meaning to ask you this for like a half an hour, but now that the Lada isn't helping anymore, like the like the long mm-hmm. slow goodbye is gone, you seeing more impacts from periods and and other hormonal stuff.
1: Mm-mm. So I don't have any periods. I actually had hysterectomy in 2018, so that was a very very. I'm so I'm just so happy for that that I don't have to deal with any of that. So I have no like hormonal swings whatsoever.
0: <laughs> there aren't many places. It's all that... just in my head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, there are, there are... <laughs> well, now you're trying to name this the show again. It's all in my head. <laughs> What I was gonna say is that there are not a lot of podcasts where people would be like, "Oh, thank God I had to have a hysterectomy." <laughs> but, yeah, yeah but this is one I mean, of them. Where people are like, "Oh, no hormonal swings with my blood sugar."
1: It. I ten out of ten recommend it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Jesus, <God. laughs> I, just, I didn't think anybody'd ever say that either. So you're 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 checking you're checking a lot of boxes today yeah. for things that have never been said on the podcast before. Okay, so you don't have any hormonal <laughs> swings. The the keto eating is taking down your overall insulin use, which is exactly what you would expect. Are you, hmm, my question is, if I I held you down and stuck a bagel in your mouth, would you know how to handle it or no?
1: No, absolutely not. Okay. So I wanted to try and find out what my carb to insulin ratio was but my endocrinologist told me I needed to eat one slice of white bread and inject one insulin, a one unit of insulin and see what happens. And I was like, that's not going to happen. Like, I, I don't foresee any time in the future. I'm going to eat one slice of white bread. I need something. I, I have to find out my because I, I don't eat simple carbs like that mm-hmm. and I have no interest in it now if one day my my mentality on food or my view of food changes then maybe yes I should look to to find out those things but for me I really wanted to know like how I wanted to find out more on how the vegetables and the protein or something that's really complex affects me like that's the carb ratio or the protein ratio that's the ratio i'm looking to find and my endocrinologist was like you're listen you've been doing your own thing this whole time you're gonna have to figure it out because i don't know how to help you figure it out
0: Did, uh, did your does your husband come to these appointments with you
1: he used to yeah. he, stopped. Yeah. <laughs> he stopped
0: he couldn't take the staring between him and the doctor while the doctor was looking at him going are you okay and he's like no i'm fine yeah, yeah. you need help <laughs>
1: blink if you feel unsafe
0: <laughs> what's your insulin to carb ratio right now
1: i don't have i don't it it's programmed in my pump as one to ten i do think that i'm super sensitive to carbs so i think in because of not eating carbs for so long so essentially if i get like a low blood sugar and i'm in the 60s again i don't ever drop fast anymore because mm-hmm. i don't have that much insulin on board and i'm not eating something to to ask for it or i just i, I i'm not super active i mean i'm pretty lazy honestly
0: well who's and gonna make so, you exercise nobody
1: they right nobody it, yeah, nobody's, nobody's gonna, gonna make <laughs> But, but I, so I drift down. So if I'm drifting down and I'm, I start to get to the, the sixties and, and I know that, you know, I need a little bump. I only have like a half of a glucose tab mm. and I'll come back up to the eighties, the nineties. So I honestly have no idea what my true insulin to carb ratio is.
0: Yeah. So you basically, you eat a meal and there's an amount of insulin, you know, or do you just let the control IQ handle it when it tries to rise? What do you do?
1: the the control IQ handles it right now. So I have like a higher during the day, during like eating periods, I have a, I guess it's a lower insulin sensitivity that I have programmed in. And then at night, early hours of the night, I, it's a pretty high insulin sensitivity. And then early wee hours of the morning, it's a lower insulin sensitivity because I start to rise in the you know, four out, four AM window. Okay, but yeah, I mean, control IQ honestly does a lot for for the management because I'm so low carb.
0: Yeah, how how low? By the I way, I occasionally
1: will have to. Rec- what's that?
0: How low? How many do you have a day?
1: How, oh, of carbs.
0: Yeah,
1: I mean, it's probably under twenty.
0: Under twenty. Okay, are you always in ketosis from the low carb?
1: I don't know. I don't. The only time I've ever looked for ketones is if I've had a a really sticky high. But again, like it wasn't, I didn't ever seek a keto or like a state of ketosis. I just sought after no fast acting.
0: Right. Well, I mean, first of all, I applaud you for figuring something out for yourself. I think that's really amazing. That shows a lot of stick to itiveness just to find a way through it. Was it difficult to cut carbs out of your life at first?
1: Yeah, I would say the first the first two weeks were difficult, but yet they were also really easy because I was driven by fear.
0: Yeah, you were you were just happy not to be scared.
1: Exactly. Yeah, right. And I had a lot of confidence in it because it worked from day one, day two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so because I was driven by fear, I felt like making the change was su- was just super easy. Now, when I've tried to get my husband to follow a lar- low-carb diet, he will share other feelings on whether that is easy or difficult. <laughs>
0: he's, he's like, that's nice, Danielle. I'm having pumpkin pie today.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Last night, the only thing he ate for dinner was mashed potatoes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Boys are great.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like, okay, well, get after it. I'm going to
0: have mashed potatoes for dinner. Thank you. Goodbye. Yeah. And and you (laughs) you don't have a feeling like you're like, I remember mashed potatoes. They were good.
1: No, I do joke with my work team and my work family from time to time that I like to eat vicariously through other people. Or like, I'll go around, like I'm notoriously will go around and try everybody's plate at dinner. So if you don't like to share food, I'm not one to go to dinner with. But yeah, like the second my food comes and everybody's food's, food comes, I'll stand up, grab my fork, and I walk around and try and steal a bite.
0: Did you and your husband decide to get married or did you tell him you were getting married?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, surprisingly he asked, but I really think that he's looking for like that control that he
0: he's needed. <laughs> he, he he likes it a little bit?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: I, may I say something that I don't know how it's going to come off? I, I I prefer a girl who's pushes back too honestly so yeah I, I don't know i mean and pushes back against what i don't know it's not like i'm it's not like i'm out there going you know what we're gonna do today like it's nothing exciting i just i like i don't know i i don't oh, know yeah. i don't know I'm, to, I'm i might have to go to therapy to answer I'm that a little... question but
1: exactly yeah. maybe we can get a two for one
0: i would love to uh i i was thinking earlier i i would love to uh if you ever decide to eat carbs again, like fly me to where you are, I'd love to try to figure it out. <laughs> be super interesting. And
1: just watch the watch me try, try this. Dive into a bagel.
0: Yeah, no, I, I just just the idea of like ramping up your insulin needs for carbs, like it would be interesting yeah. to watch. I also want to tell you how um, grateful I am for this conversation for reasons that I'll explain right now. I um I have a really big Facebook page, and big by I mean by the amount of people in it. And it's overwhelmingly a really lovely place to talk about diabetes. Uh, There's not a lot of the drama that you see in other places. People aren't, you know, backbiting each other and, you know, type 2s aren't yelling at type 1s and, you know, everything. The one thing that's always interesting is I I don't stop people, obviously, from talking about how they eat either. So there are plenty of, like, ultra-low or low-carb people in there. They put up pictures of their food. I joked about it earlier, but I, that's fine with me. If you decide, like Danielle has, if you decide that you want to eat low carb, I think that's terrific. I think whatever works is terrific for you. But once in a while, a few people do this thing. How do I explain this? Imagine, Danielle, if you went on a Facebook page and you said, um, hey, somebody, you're in an automotive Facebook page. And you're like, hey, somebody, uh, I was hoping you could help me. When I drive my car, I'm hearing a thump from the back left tire. And then a person came in and said, well, you know, you should walk instead. That would fix that problem. And you're like, Well, I'm trying to figure out the bumping in my tire. Why would I walk? And then this person gets very kind of dogmatic about walking and not driving. And then suddenly another walker comes in and starts making some case about how your car is bad for the environment. And then a third walker comes in and they start like, like saying, yeah, and you wouldn't be using oil. And. And you're like i just really wanted to know about the bumping in my tire like how did it get like this some people around low carb do that it's almost like ever see jurassic park the way the velociraptors attack (laughs) yes they come in from different angles where you're not looking but i don't know that it's on purpose or not i i like to think danielle i'm a i'm a person who believes in people I like to think it's not on purpose, but there are times a couple times a year where I'm like, this is a coordinated effort to make people not eat carbs. And um, you know, one person will come in and say, Oh, well, you know, some, you know, say the person's like, Well, there's a spike here. Does anybody know what I could have done? They give all the information about their settings and, and they're looking for help. And then if somebody comes in and goes, Well, you could stop eating carbs, and you're yeah. like, Well, oh, that's that. not helpful. And then a second person comes in and goes, I don't eat carbs and I love it. It's so happy. And I can't wait. This whole conversation is making me want bacon and eggs. And I'm like, uh, okay. Like they try to like happy up the no carb, which by the way, I don't think there's anything wrong with, It's just, it, it's like they're. And then a third person comes in and then a fourth. And I'm like, you, you're the velociraptors that always come and and, and do this. Like, like w- just come in and say, Hey, I don't have any advice for you about this, but I eat low carb. And I know this wouldn't happen to me. Maybe you could substitute something low carb in this situation uh, or lower carb or, you know, lower on the glycemic index. Like there's a lot of ways to be really helpful. But instead, it turns into like this what feels like coordinated pushing. And
1: it's, oh, yeah, absolutely. You know
0: what I mean? And I've never seen anybody put up. And by the way, there's plenty of low carb posts. I've never seen someone come in and say you know, you might not be so uh, unpleasant if you had sugar once in a while. Like, you know what I mean? Like nobody from the (laughs) other side of it comes in and pushes them the other way. And it's just really, I don't know, like it's, uh, it happened today. It
1: very much is like a a, a club that, that see, and again, that's why I, you know, don't keep the almond flour in the cookbooks in my house. I don't ever want to (laughs) be, be a pushy, low carb eater. But, you know, those similar posts and those same posts, if somebody were to say, hey, this was our meal, this is how much insulin I gave, but they spiked, I, I would have nothing to add. (laughs) Yeah. So I wouldn't comment. I would read it. I would probably read through the comments and be like, oh, it looks like good advice and move on to the next post that's applicable to me because I have nothing to add. Like you, you obviously eat cereal. I can't, I can't relate. I I can't offer any advice. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you to eat eggs instead of cereal. I don't talk to somebody else who eats cereal.
0: Danielle, you're an adult. Congratulations. Because, because I see that there's a person I'm thinking of right now who I've seen, you know, they come to, they come to tell their story about how, you know, carbs are the devil. And, And the example is I went out to dinner and I got something that had carbs in it that I didn't realize. And my blood sugar went up to 250 and I couldn't get it back down. And I'm like, are you just trying to tell people you don't know how to bolus? like like because that's what this feels like to me you don't like you can't manage carbs which is fine like you know you can't either and you don't have any practice with it which is fine but it's used as an example of why you shouldn't eat carbs like no one should eat carbs look what happened to me when I had a drink with some carbs in it It, and and I, I sit back and I watch it and I think you know people aren't seeing that the way you think like I know that they think they're saying, see, carbs are bad, stop eating carbs. But I think what people see is I don't know what I'm doing. And and I think they're making their a counter argument when they think they're making an argument. And there's nothing wrong with like the way you got to low carb is is honest. You know what I mean? And and a lot of people are gonna make it that way. And I'm I guess what I'm saying is is that if if people didn't try to trick you into being low carb or push you gently into being low carb you might just come about it on your own. Like if that person just came in and said, hey, I don't know how to answer you on this, I'm very low carb, but in this situation, if your kid had a lower carb thing, maybe the spike wouldn't happen, and just left. I think that would be more valuable towards getting somebody to look into a low carb lifestyle than it is to do that. The the only thing I can compare it to, and the one problem you'll have if you manage a big Facebook group, is there are people who try to sell you things. So uh, I'm gonna use a t-shirt as an example. A person who really doesn't belong in the group comes in and they'll put up a picture and be like oh my god i got this t-shirt for my type one it's amazing and um i just wanted to show it to all of you as soon as this happens one of two things is happening either somebody got a t-shirt they wanted to show people or they're going to start a conversation that eventually leads to somebody saying oh my god do you have a link for that because they're trying to use the people in the facebook as fish in a barrel to sell these t-shirts and by the way sometimes there's not even a t-shirt they're just stealing money from people So I'm aware of how that works. Someone comes in, posts a picture of the t-shirt, then another account goes, oh, it's so cute, where can I get that? And then the first person comes in and goes, let me just give you the link. And it's all, it acts like it's all very normal, but it's a coordinated effort to show you the shirt and make sure you know how to buy it. That's what the low carb thing reminds me of. Like it's a coordinated effort to try to move you in a direction. And I just think that it's, it's disingenuous like just come in and say you know what i mean just be like hey Uh, and also who the hell wants that advice there's a bump in the back left tire of my car like what are you telling me i should look into hitchhiking for like like it's just i don't know it pisses me off and it's i have to deal (laughs) with it when i get done with you today it's the next thing i have to do waste my time explaining to adults how to be adults and i don't care if they talk about their low carb they could talk about all they freaking want i I don't give a shit honestly so anyway i'm sorry i don't know no obviously i've been upset about that for the last hour
1: well and i've met other people who are low carb and it's almost like this like weird cult like vibe i've met other people who are low carb and who are insanely strict about how much protein they take in how much fat they take in and they are like strict keto um, and even outside of the the diabetes realm oh, yeah. people the low carb community they're just i mean honestly they're crazy
0: <laughs> is, is so you,
1: again i wouldn't i'm a fear eater i'm uh, we, that's what we'll call it i'm not a low carb eater i just
0: you just I really don't want to be involved carbs. in carbs
1: <laughs> well it, i just don't want to get messed up with carbs <laughs> well, i
0: don't even mean to, like it doesn't even matter like forget low carb it's it's just a pervasive it's a way of thinking that every time I see it in the world, no matter where I see it, I rub up against it and I go, I don't understand why this is the tactic you took. Like, for instance, during COVID, you could have turned on any podcast that was uh, manned by a person with a six pack and no body fat. And they would have told you, like, oh, you don't want COVID to bother you. Then just be in shape like me. And I'm like, well, OK. <laughs> OK. I mean, COVID's here now. I guess I could get my body fat down to point five in a week before I go out like how would I do that you you know what I mean like it's it's these overly simplistic answers to things like just do this thing which is fairly I mean you know like bodybuilding is an example that's a big undertaking it's a lot of effort it's maybe doesn't fit into everyone's life and when you're 25 years old and you don't have a great job so you can be in the gym for five hours a day it's easy to stand up with your shirt off and go look at me Look at how great I look. You should look like this. I'm like, (laughs) I don't know how the hell I'm going to do that. You you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure if I quit my job and told my kids they were on their own and sold this house, I guess I could, you know, but, and then it just, it's just, it's a team mentality. Like, I'm on team bodybuilding. I'm on team low carb, and there's no, we're not allowed to talk about it otherwise. I try really hard to foster a place where people can talk about how they eat. Like, I want to be clear. There are people who will hear this and know that I'm talking about them. And, I, and I don't, and I don't, I love them in the group. I love yeah. that they share their low carb lifestyle. It, I've seen it help a lot of people who are interested in it. It's not a perspective that I can personally share. So I'm thrilled that they're in there. I, I like them there. Just stop doing the Velociraptor thing. Like if you're listening, if you don't know you're doing it, it comes off really smarmy. And if you do know you're doing it, yeah. shame on you. That's my message, I guess took me 20 minutes to get like if you
1: don't know that we're talking about you then we're talking about you
0: (laughs) well I think yeah I I just think that I don't (laughs) don't know that they're doing it on purpose like there are people who help me with the Facebook group who are like this is completely on purpose and I'm like I always want to just think the best of people but I mean I don't know there's a way to share what you do without manipulating people and and that I don't that, that I'm not okay with. The manipulation part is the part that I have a problem with. Anyway, I'm going to go have to say that online and get yelled at.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think the, 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 the Facebook group just needs to continue to be able to provide a safe place for anybody to ask any question free of judgment because all they're doing is seeking help. Yeah. They're not, you know, if somebody asks the question of, hey, what could I eat differently to not have this spike? Sure. Throw in your low carb jargon and, and nonsense as to what's working for you but if somebody says how do I avoid this spike this is what we ate here's my graph mm-hmm. they, they they don't care about your your low carb BS yeah my they, they want to know how to give the insulin
0: my car is not idling well what should I do walk okay great Thanks. <laughs> walk yeah walk. perfect yeah I, and Nike you, yeah, yeah. and then eventually one of them's going to come in and say you know that slaves make those shoes, right? And I'm like, oh my God, like, I don't <laughs> know, like the internet. Um, and
1: then it, and then it spirals.
0: And, and, and I want to be clear that's not the vibe of the Facebook group. This happens every no, once in a while. It happens every once in a while. And every once in a while, I have to get involved and I have to be like, look, you can't do that. Like, don't tell this person. How, that's not what I'm saying. I'm like, mm, read it. That is what you're saying. And I, I I'm telling I you. I kind
1: right. of want to play like devil's advocate and see a low carb post and like sneak in the comments and be like, well, you should really eat cereal.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm pre yeah, for it. You should say something like, <laughs> Oh my God, I can see your abs. You should have cereal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because because by the way, that's a really good point, right? Like I know it sounds silly, but everyone thinks their yeah. way is the right way. And for every person who thinks that, there's a person on the opposite side who thinks you're wrong. So, you know, you might be standing there as lean as could be, you know, with all these muscles popping out everywhere. And there might be another person looking at you going, I don't think that looks good. Now, I don't care what people think, but you have to understand that there are other opinions on all sides of ideas. And and for some reason, I've never seen a person who eats carbs tell a person who doesn't eat carbs that they're wrong. But I have seen people who don't eat carbs tell people who do eat carbs that they're wrong. And I, and I have philosophized in the past that it might be stemmed in really what your episode was about today and fear like they maybe just got into a really bad situation they couldn't find their way out of it and they decided the only way I can handle this is the way you did which there's nothing wrong with it's just you know what's wrong with it is when you when you start just pushing it down other people's throats it's just it's tiresome yeah you know anyway
1: no the only thing the uh and i mean i'll still occasionally dabble in a it's a bite of carbs but again it's when other people at the table order something that looks good yeah i'm like oh can i just have a little sliver of your your tiramisu (laughs) i
0: I felt bad for you because you said you like pizza and then i looked online i see where you live and there's no way there's good pizza there (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, I mean, we have it's the it's just a different kind of pizza. Yeah. It's not the thick crust pizza. It's the cracker crust.
0: And and I, you know why I said that, Daniel? Because you like why? the pizza where you live, and look at me acting all like, oh, that's not pizza. This is pizza. That's that's <laughs> what you're. That's I did it so you could hear it. That's what everybody's yeah. doing to each other online when they're like, you're not doing it it's right. Just so. Just who cares? Just
1: shut That's up. silly. Yeah, yeah. I really like. Just I have said some microwave bacon and shut up.
0: <laughs> I. By the way, that <laughs> makes me. Uh, uh, do you supplement your diet? No. Taking like vitamins. I mean, I probably
1: or... should. I don't take any vitamins. No, I did just get told. I actually just got my lab results back from an appointment I had yesterday. Side note: my A one C is five point six. Wow. Yes. Nice. That's awesome. Excellent. But no, my vitamin D is low, and so my doctor sent me it out and told me that I should take vitamin D or spend more time in the sun. Both of those don't sound like things I want to do at the moment. I, I mean, I'll probably go get some vitamin D. I don't want to spend any time in the sun.
0: Jenny would tell you to get liquid and put it under your tongue, that it works much liquid better. Liquid vitamin D? Yeah, that it works much better than swallowing it. Also, I don't know if they will still be advertisers next year, but athleticgreens.com forward slash juice box, if you order. <laughs> If you get, um, I think, uh, I think if you get on a, I forget what they call it, like what, when it reoccurs, what the hell, why can't I find words?
1: Uh, I think that's called reoccurring. Yeah. What, a subscription? Yeah, so if, if monthly? You,
0: subscription. If you get a subscription, I think they send you five free packs of trap, five free travel packs and liquid vitamin D, uh, enough for a year. Uh, and again, that's athleticgreens.com right. forward slash juice box. I'm just going to start <laughs> sticking the ads wherever I want them. Um, yeah. Anyway, by the way, by the time one of you hears that, I'm sure they won't be advertising anymore. And I'll be like, I'll be irritated <laughs> that you clicked on the link.
1: Yeah. But I I actually yeah. I actually
0: I mean, use Athletic Greens. So I was wondering if you were taking something that was like, you know, kind of hitting you with vitamins and everything like that. But it sounds like you're okay.
1: Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. it's not bad. I mean, sure. I you couldn't ask me to bolus for a bagel, but I mean, <laughs> I can whip up some mean scrambled eggs and salad.
0: The bagels around here have about seventy carbs in them.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's like a week of eating. And then they sit in your stomach guess.
0: and they don't they don't really digest right away. Do anything? Yeah, they hit you for like four oh. or five hours. It's nice. I'm my get-
1: son would be in absolute heaven. Uh. I do like to smell carbs. Is that weird? Like I love to like <laughs> as he's making a sandwich I like shove my face in the bag of bread and just take a big whiff.
0: I mean, I think as long as it you're not have walking, too much information. You know, I mean, as long as you're not walking past strangers and smelling them as they go by, I think it's not that weird, you know.
1: I mean, I I probably have done something along those lines in some other days of my life,
0: but <laughs> well, Danielle's, that's a whole nother episode too. <laughs> is there is there anything that we haven't talked about that you wanted to talk about?
1: I don't think so. I think we we covered just about everything.
0: Okay. Is there any chance you're going to go to a therapist and find out why you need to be in charge?
1: Oh, I mean, I don't think so. That would be, that would be like relinquishing some control.
0: I know. I just wanted to just say that. So I, I, (laughs) how would I give the control to the therapist? That sounds ridiculous. Anyway, it sounds like you're doing fine. I don't think everybody needs to fix every little thing about them, but it is interesting that you know it about yourself. And yeah, yeah, it's, it's cool. I mean, honestly, you were a terrific guest. I appreciate you doing this. A huge thank you to Danielle for coming on the show and sharing her story with us. And we're going to thank Cozy Earth, CozyEarth.com. Go get your sheets, get your towels, get your joggers, get your coffee, get comfy, cozy at CozyEarth. And don't forget to use that offer code, JuiceBox at checkout, to save an astonishing, a mind-numbing, a life-altering 40% off of your entire order. If you're looking for a community around type 1 diabetes, please check out the private Facebook group. It is absolutely free. It has 40,000 members, and there is something happening in there right now that you would love to be a part of, read about, or just kind of lurk around. Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes on Facebook. Do not miss it. Doesn't matter what kind of diabetes you have. You are welcome there. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast.